Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, it's Tuesday morning, and for some of you, this is going to be very familiar. If you're new to the show, and there are always new listeners, right? There's always new people moving in from California or Arizona or Idaho or wherever else. Uh, here's what we're going to do on Tuesday mornings. On Mondays, most coaches around the country, but certainly in state, which is what really matters here, uh, have their press conferences, their college football uh Teams are getting going here, and so the coaches have their press conferences. So we start off the show by hearing from all the coaches in their own words, whoever your team is, Utes, Cougars, Aggies, whatever, we'll get you your guy. Um, And honestly, the first one, this will probably be the worst one of the year for Kyle. I think they'll get much more interesting as we can see games because we haven't been able to see his practices. And there were some good questions. I went to his press conference yesterday, and there were some good questions about uh, what he saw in the quarterback battle, why he decided on Charlie Brewer. So there was some good stuff. But it'll be much better when we can see games and see stuff for ourselves and get into that with him. We're going to start with Aggie coach Blake Anderson. Obviously new to town, coming in from Arkansas State, rebuilding job, coming off a terrible year. lot of transfers in the program. What kind of impact are they going to make? Um, how quickly can this be turned around? We've seen the Aggies before be really good and suddenly be really bad. And we've seen them be really bad and suddenly be really good. So, you know, they're only a year or two away from something completely different from whatever they've done in the last year or two. And I think with transfers, that's going to become even more true. So here's Blake Anderson with PK and I on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Blake, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, we have followed you from afar. We haven't gotten to know you much, which is why I asked Scott Gerard on uh, last Monday morning. I was watching the interviews you did after the scrimmage on Saturday, and I thought you seemed irritated. And I asked Scott, well, was he really down about the way the scrimmage went, or is that just intense college football coach with the media all sorts of fired up because he's got a new gig and a thousand things to do? Oh, who knows, man? (laughs) Uh, Who knows? Uh, You know, I I really... I thought we were a little tired and a little sloppy, but all in all, after went back and watched it on tape, it was probably better. You know, it's it's I've always it's never as bad as you think, and it's never as good as you think, and that's kind of probably one of those times. Uh, we we we've been running them pretty good, and they looked a little tired Saturday, and after I watched tape, it looked a little better than I thought. So. I know exactly who Coach Anderson is because, as I told him the first time we had him on, my wife's grandmother lived in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and I've been to Jonesboro many, many times. So Blake and I, I mean, we've both been to the mall in Jonesboro, so we <laughs> we know each other even though we haven't met personally. What was uh, that big place that you turn left, you turn right, you go in, everybody got lost, everybody knew? Oh, <laughs> man. Anybody's been to the, in the mall in Jonesboro, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're family already. <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten at the Wyatt's Cafeteria in the mall in Jonesboro many, many times over the years. Made the drive from Memphis on in. Uh, so, but just stepping aside, go big picture on your life, man. Well, I mean, this is just crazy. It's got to be crazy for you. you got to feel all sets of anticipation. I mean, we know the tragedy with your wife, and then you change jobs, you remarried, your kids are older, you move all the way over to Logan, Utah, of all places. Uh, yeah, I realize you're in the middle of it, and it's probably helping you, but have you had time to reflect on just how crazy everything has been for the last few years? You know, uh, it's funny you say that. It, it, you're, you are in the middle of it, and it does help. It kind of keeps your mind occupied, and you get, in the, you get in the routine of things on a daily basis and just 
you know, kind of working the problem, and there's plenty for us to fix. We got a lot of work to do to to become the team we want to be. But but at the same time, some of the things that you remember are just those times of year that that uh, and you're going through some of the toughest things you've ever been through. And fall camp, I, I told the guys here, very transparent. Fall camp's hard for me because that's kind of when everything really, really hit hard. When Wendy got really, really sick, and uh, and the guys are great. You know, I'm still getting to know these these kids and really building relationships. And I was uh, I was really surprised at how many guys just popped their head in my office through the course of fall camp. And hey, coach, how you doing? Nothing to do with football, just man, how you doing? How's your how you feeling today, man? Where's your where's your head at today? And so it's been fun getting to know these guys. It's been it's been really encouraging to see the kind of uh, just compassion that these guys have for each other. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna bleed over to the football field. It's a group of kids that really like being around each other and being in the office and, and being up here with us. So I, I'm beyond excited to get going. Uh excited about a new challenge and it is that. Uh and and, and but just my first glimpse of this group of guys really working on a daily basis from six in the morning till, you know, ten o'clock at night of the fall camp grind. Uh really, really love this group of guys. You know, there's always uh, in college sports, team building is really important because you're turning over 20 to 30 percent of the team every year. But now that the transfer portal is going nuts, it's even more than that. So I would think that you've got to spend a lot of time on that getting to know each other and bonding thing, because otherwise you're going to end up playing like an all-star team, and that's just going to get you beat. No, it's a huge challenge. It is. We now. You know, super seniors, a bunch of veteran guys that came back for a year that, that was not expected. So I think that helps just the maturity that those guys bring to the table. But we did, we did like a lot of folks, bring in some transfers to try to help immediate, you know, immediate holes. Now, most of them were here in the spring, which I think was huge. We got a chance to go through the spring semester and work them through the summer. Only a few guys that weren't a part of the spring and summer program. So we, we didn't really have a ton of new this fall camp but uh you can't just assume that they all know each other we had to spend a lot of time just doing things outside of football that had nothing to do with x's and o's just spending time together getting to know each other did some fun things did some things that talk about you know just what our culture is going to be and i think it's a group that has gelled pretty well we'll really know once we go out and we start playing and and all the problems really kind of get created out on the field adversity hits that kind of shows your true character but from a glimpse and, and just the amount of time we've had, I've been pretty pleased at how this whole group has kind of come together, including the transfers that, that we brought in. And you have some transfers that came over from Arkansas State, and obviously one being quarterback, didn't play Bonner in the spring. Uh, can you give us an update, or are you willing to tell us who's going to be the starter? Well, I'm, I'm not willing to tell you who's going to be the starter. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let everybody figure that out at the same time. Uh it's one of the good things about college ball. I really don't have to tell anybody, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that process going. It is still an ongoing competition. To be true, truthful. We, uh, we did miss Bonner in the spring, a good bit of the summer, and he is completely healthy at this point, which has been, which has been good. He's, he's been healthy all through fall camp. But he and Andrew Peasley have been battling at it, and we're just trying to be as thorough as we can. This is bigger than than one game. Honestly, bigger than one season. We want to make sure that we're moving forward in the absolute right direction. And, and the best thing we do is just let them keep competing and keep battling. And, uh, we're going to make that decision, when we, honestly, when we feel like it's time. And uh, just, just have not been quite there quite yet. Um, and I think uh, just experience and time and 
opportunity to play, all that stuff, and practice on a daily basis, help us make the best decision we can. So does that mean you're willing to let the competition go in a game or two, or at least certainly this uh, Washington State opener, and let both very, guys very, play? It, it, that's quite possible. It, it is. You know, I'm just kind of evaluating day-to-day, and it, it's such a close race. Both of them are, are quality players and going to have – uh, you know, have have all the skills that need to lead us. Just kind of looking for something small that really kind of triggers. This is exactly where we want to head. I'm, I'm not. You know, I've gone through the two quarterback rotation system a couple different times in my career out of necessity. Last year out of COVID at Carolina, uh, out of injury, and and have been successful to some degree. But you know, I just want to make sure that that we've been fair to both of the guys for the amount of time and energy they put into it. With um, with Logan going through the injury, really, you know, not, nothing that he did wrong to create that. Just trying to make sure that we're we're 100 percent moving forward, and so uh, we're fortunate that if I think if we had to, you know, we could we could take a glimpse of this for a little while, but ultimately we will we will we will end up with one quarterback and, and move forward at some point in the, in the pretty near future. So you got Washington State, and you're doing to Nick Rolovich what he's going to do to you because I don't think he's naming the starting quarterback with the transfer. He's got the transfer from Tennessee, and then he's got the returning young kid in Delora, and it looks like he doesn't want me. He might, but as I looked this morning, it didn't look like he wanted to announce who the quarterback is. So you're kind of playing games with each other, and maybe it's just what you want to do and not really related to the other team. But what type of challenges does that present for your defense, which, you know, I can say struggled last year, but I think you got just about all back, nine top tacklers, plus you got one of your kids, Justin Rice, coming over, who's a really good player. So defensively, you should be okay. Yeah, I think we've improved there from from you know what you saw a year ago and some of the additions, injuries that are back healthy on the field. Some of the transfers have all made immediate impacts. Yeah, I think it'll look. The scheme is different. Just the the environment of what we're trying to create over there. Just the way we let them cut loose and play. I think you're going to see a good bit of improvement over there. There seems to be a confidence about them. Coach Ben and, and the crew on defensive staff. They've just brought in an energy, and, and I think the kids have gotten fired up about it. I've seen steady improvement from them. Justin Rice, obviously, is a good a good one to have. He just always ends up around the ball. He did that for us last year at Arkansas State. He did it at Fresno before. So I, I think we're headed in the right direction there. Uh, we're going to have to grow up quickly. Uh, they've got a lot of weapons, and, and their offensive line is massive. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, their offensive line may be the most experienced in, in Division One football this year when you look at how many snaps they've played. So it, it's going to be tough for us regardless. But I do like how the the defense is is flying to the ball, the energy that they're playing with. And I think we've got a few key features, you know, key pieces that can create some, you know, can kind of create some chaos for them. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us. Coach, you mentioned the the transfers coming in and plugging holes. How many of these transfers do you think are going to start, or and then how many in the two deep who will play but not start? Well, you know, in terms of starting in, in two deep, I, mean, I think we're pretty fluid in, in terms of who the starter is and who's going to play. I, I would tell you that all the guys that we brought in, I expect to be in the two deep and be part of you know, kind of impacting games on a, on a weekly basis, whether it be uh, offense, defense, special teams, all the above. Uh, who's going to be a starter? Who's not going to be a starter? I think that's still very, very fluid, and it really – it's one play at a time. Packages and sub-packages and personnels dictate a lot of that. Uh, they've all come in 
and have made uh, an impact. They have all contributed in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't feel like we've brought a single transfer in, uh, and, and I thought the, the staff did a really good job identifying what our needs were, what kids we thought fit our culture and, and, and would fit the environment and kind of come in and, and add value, and really all of them have. Some roles are bigger than others, and I think that's always going to be the case, but it, really every one of those transfers that we brought in have impacted our team and are going to, uh, especially through a long through a long season. You got a transfer at running back too. Jalen Warren obviously took off. I think he went to Oklahoma State. You got uh, three or four guys up there. Do you think that, or who do you think is going to be able to lead the way as far as the rushing attack? Well, I think it's going to be a little bit by committee. You're really going to see them all. We we've we've kind of given them all opportunities, and each one of those guys kind of bring you know Gentry and Calvin and Noah and, and Lockie. You know, I I I see four different guys getting touches. Uh, depending on, and, and honestly, maybe five DHC, if he's completely healthy, he's been banged up a little bit. I don't know that we're going to have a, a one feature back. Now, that may it may present itself, and somebody may separate themselves from the rest of the group, but up to this point, it has really been keep them fresh. Uh, you know, guys go out there, they're fully, fully rested, ready to go. You don't really know the difference between one to the next. They all can block, they all can catch, and they all are efficient runners. I think now game time, we may watch a guy that really plays well under the lights and just has it kind of gets in a rhythm and it may separate itself. But I I have not seen that yet. And I've had seasons before where with the amount of snaps that we get, that kind of plays into our favor because the guy's just always fresh and has, has fresh legs. And that can be a benefit to us, you know, especially late in the game. Fresno State and San Jose State won big. Hawaii got blown out. How much of those three Mountain West teams did you watch, and what were your impression of those uh, of those clubs? You know, really none of those games surprised me all that much. Uh, watched a little bit of all the games that were on. Everybody's kind of anxious to watch a little ball. We were in the middle of camp and, and still working, so didn't get to really focus on them a lot. But I, I'll tell you, nothing really surprised me about the games. I, I kind of expected – the outcomes, depending on, you know, based off who they were playing and, and the experience levels that some of them had coming back, uh, you know, I, I, I really wasn't all that surprised. I think some matches that come up, uh, you know, here in the next few weeks will, will be fun to watch and, and maybe a little bit more competitive than a couple of those that we watch this week. As I look at your offense, uh, you, you turn some guys across the uh, each of the uh, each of the different positions. But can I argue that receiver is your best position in terms of returning production and what you expect? Well, you can sure argue it, and you're probably right. Uh, when you look at the room with the guys that we brought in and the guys that are here, uh, it, it you know it, it's a spot that we we're excited about, no doubt. I think uh, I mean, it's it's hard to find a guy that's more fun to watch than, than uh, DT out in space, Scarver with the speed, Griff with the size. We're bringing Brandon Bowling, who's caught a ton of balls for us over the last few years at Arkansas State. Kyle has had a phenomenal spring and fall camp and just keeps making play after play after play. Uh, you know, I think that's a, you know, that's the fun part is kind of seeing who the next guy's going to be. Derek Wright has had a great fall camp. Jamie Nance has been a great addition. So we've got some speed. We've got some guys that are you know, long, we've got some guys that are super quick in space. And clearly what we do offensively is about creating space and one-on-one matchups and anxious to see how people will play us and, and what matchups really play in our favor. Uh, we, we need to stay healthy there. We're not, 
we're not you know super deep at any particular position, uh, and we need to keep those feature guys on the field and healthy, and that'll be that'll be a challenge all year. Well, Coach, we appreciate a few minutes this morning. We're looking forward to your opener, Washington State, Saturday night, 9 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network. Thanks for hopping on with us. Appreciate it, guys. It's time to go. There's Blake Anderson. He's going to join us live Monday mornings at 9.30, and we'll replay it for you early risers here on Tuesday mornings on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham as the Utes get ready for Weber State, and he explains why they settled on the quarterback decision they settled on. We'll do that next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. The Cougars hit the road for their season opener in Las Vegas to square off against Arizona. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 7.30, followed by the postgame show immediately after the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So Kyle Whittingham had his press conference yesterday. Um, I got to admit, I'm a little disappointed. Last year, during COVID times, uh, the press conference ended up being a Zoom call at 8 a.m., and he apparently had nothing to do until 9 because they tried to end it last year. And he'd tell the PR guy, be like, just a couple more questions. Uh, we're almost out of time. A couple more questions. And Kyle would be like, I got all kinds of time. Let him rip. <laughs> I love that. And I love the fact we got to carry him live for you folks at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but they've gone back to kind of the familiar setting, which Kyle has done for years, where he has a press conference at 11 or noon. This year it's going to be at 11 o'clock, and they do it in the football facility, and we were all there. And, and I went there for it, and uh, I, I think that this will be, as I said in the last segment, I think this will be the least interesting of any press conference that Kyle has for the next three months. And he said some interesting stuff. He got into how they settled the quarterback derby. He got into the changes on the offensive line. There's still question marks there, even on a Monday. And I don't, I don't think he was, uh, I don't think he was spinning for us. I think legitimately, there's two or three guys. He just isn't sure they're going to be available. If they're going to be available, they're going to be at 100. percent So you know, there are some questions to that. There are obviously changes. I asked him about the name, image, and likeness, how that is playing out. And uh, I think the question caught him off guard a little bit, So, which I think backs up his answer is that at this point, he hasn't seen anything. I do think coaches across the nation are looking out, you know, the jealousy angle. And are certain guys cashing in and other guys who think they should be cashing in aren't, and then they'll get cranked up. I mean, I think there are differences built into the same image and likeness, but I don't think freshmen look at seniors and think, I should be that guy, you know. Um, but we'll have to see. We did have on um, we did have on uh, Nick Ford yesterday, Utah offensive lineman, who said that Moochie's doing a thing with the whole offensive line. And I think to the degree that position groups got br- get brought in together, I think that kind of diffuses that kind of stuff. Obviously, what BYU did with Bill Barr, where they're doing it for all you know something for all the scholarship players, but a lot more for all the walk-ons, that diffuses this kind of stuff too. But Kyle talks about that. So here he is. Here's Kyle Winningham on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jay Hill's done a great job there, and uh, they're they're a uh, team that is well coached and uh, very sound uh, fundamentally, technique wise, schematically. They're uh, they're a very good team, and so uh, we're excited to get the season underway and, and see what we got and go from there. So questions. <clears throat> Coach, 
Kyle, what, what led to Charlie Brewer ultimately winning that starting quarterback job? Well, he had the edge statistically, first of all, and that's not the only uh, thing you take into account. But uh, he did have a slight edge statistically. Um, just a, a guy that uh, has a lot of leadership, and, and it was a close call. It could have gone, uh, you know, it was, it was so close it could have gone either way. But but Charlie's experience, uh, having started over 40 games or played in over 40 Division One games, and uh, the success he had at uh, at Baylor throwing the football, and and uh, you know our team, I believe our team would have been. Uh, just fine with either decision. I mean, they would have rallied around whichever guy ultimately won the job. They're both, they're both very well respected, hard workers, uh, prepare the way you're supposed to, and so it was. Uh, it was really close, but ultimately, Charlie and, and probably the ex- experience factor was uh, probably the biggest uh, reason behind it. Looking at the running backs um, going in, into Thursday's game, or, or what, what are you doing in terms of evaluating how to divide up the snaps? Is it just something that's going to be dictated by the flow of the game, or do you have a specific plan in mind? Well, we have the plan in mind to play them all and give them all carries and all opportunities to show what they can do. Uh, the flow of the game, you know, each one of them has their, their strengths, and so the flow of the game will dictate a lot of that, but, but uh, we expect all of them, to, we know they're all going to get playing time and, and they'll all get carries unless something unforeseen happens and and then uh, we'll see what the production level is and and, uh, and go from there as far as uh, moving forward with uh, a depth chart. And until it separates itself, we'll just keep them all as, as uh, 1, 1A, one 1B, one and 1C, I guess. Hey, Kyle, just back to the QBs for a second. How did Cam take that news? He's obviously been around the block here for a few years. What was his reaction there? Exactly what you had hoped. He's professional. He understood. Uh, disappointed because he's a competitor. But uh, no drop-off whatsoever in, in uh, practice habits, preparation, uh, attitude. It was all absolutely outstanding and, and has been. And, and uh, if, he, you know, if his number's called, he'll be ready. We have no doubt about that. What do you feel like you've learned about Charlie Brewer in the eight months that he's been in the program? Poised, uh, calm under pressure, uh, goes through his read progression very quickly, is decisive, you know, gets the ball out of his hand quickly, uh, accurate thrower, um, has a good pocket presence. He can, he can sense the rush and move around in the pocket the way you want a quarterback to. Uh, his escapability is, is good. He's not a, a statue back there. Both him and Cam are very mobile quarterbacks. Um, and just, to, you know, the, the, probably the main thing is that we've seen is decision-making. Does He's a great decision-maker. So it feels like an unconventional thing that you've had, I think, three times in five years now, a non-starting quarterback as a captain on the team. How have the guys on the team and those individuals handled that, where they're captains but not on the field for the first snap? Right, they've handled it very well, and that's something that we uh, we uh, stress to our guys. It's not always the best players or the or the most popular or the most uh, 
statistically uh, accomplished player. It's the guys that are the best leaders. And and uh, that being the case, I think our guys have taken that to heart. And uh, that's what happens on, you know, sometimes as you get guys that, that uh, are outstanding leaders but maybe not uh, number one at their position. And so that's uh, another uh, situation where Cam has been uh, in the program for quite a while and, and uh, been a great leader for us, and, and the players recognize that. And it's worked out well. I don't, haven't seen any uh, any negative side effects from that. Uh, the way that's gone down. Looking at the depth chart, is there any update on who QB three might be? Uh, this week it'll be Bryson Barnes. Bryson Barnes will be QB three, and and uh, Jaquinta Jackson's been down with uh, an injury that's that uh, probably won't allow him to to uh, be ready just quite yet. It's still you know three days out, so there's a chance, but but uh, it looks like it's going to be Bryson. Also, also on the depth chart, you've been talking recently about some offensive line injuries. Is there anything further on that? No, because it's still in flux. We've got. Uh, I think it's three of them that, uh, as of today, we're not sure if they'll be ready yet. And so no different uh, situation today than what we had uh, towards the end of last week. And that's, you know, it's the most unstable, uh, at least health-wise, position on the team right now. We, you know, we'd like it to be uh, situated and, and, uh, and all set, but uh, that's not the case. Fortunately, we got a lot of guys that are game ready and that, you know, whoever is available should be able to function just fine. It seems like you go up against a lot of really good running backs throughout the year, and, you, and, you, and you've got one on Thursday. And Josh Davis, what what stands out about his game? He's just a tough kid. He's he's a hard runner. He's uh, he's instinctive, uh, and he he makes positive yards. I mean, he's a guy that's always making something out of nothing and and uh, getting those extra yards after contact. And he's just a tough, hard nosed guy, and and uh, he'll be a challenge. Kyle, it's early on, but the name, image, and likeness as guys are cutting deals and getting involved in social uh, media with that, is it having any impact in the team? Have you seen anything inside the program? No, I haven't personally. Uh, I know what's going on, and we see the, you know, we hear about the, the deals and the contracts that the players are involved with. But uh, as far as affecting the team dynamic or anything in the locker room, I don't. If it is there, I'm more unaware of it. It just seems to be everything flowing uh, in a normal fashion, and uh, yeah, so nothing out of the ordinary yet. Kyle, you've talked about this season. Uh, you've improved in pass pro and the different things on the offensive line that's, that's maybe progressed. But with some of these guys maybe being held out due to injuries or whatever, do you feel like you're able to have enough bodies to be able to still not have a drop-off, or, or will there be somewhat of a drop-off there? Well, you're you're always better off with your best five guys, and so that's uh, not going to be the case this week. But uh, if you're out there, you got to get the job done, and we feel, you know, we've been talking about the depth of the O-line all fall camp and ever since last spring, and so so fortunately, that's uh, you know that that depth is going to help us in this game here because we're going to need to draw upon that. And so uh, we feel like we'll be in, in good shape. And and like I said, some at some point in the last couple of weeks, we've got 10, 11 guys that we think are are really good players and, and ready to play in the Pac-12. Now, not all 10, 11 of those guys are, are available this week, and so that's the challenge. But uh, we've got enough, and and uh, we should be fine. 
Is there any extra difficulty to playing against a team like Weber State where you know so much of the coaching staff, guys who came through this program? We just found out Gary's a volunteer assistant on that staff now. Uh, is it any harder or is it easier to play a team like that because, you know, it's friendly and good sportsmanship and all that? You know, I would say that, that the game itself, really no effect, not, not a non-factor. Uh, but you're right, we do have a lot of common ground uh, between the two teams. Uh, and a lot of players or guys that either coach or played here are, are at Weber right now. So, so I'm looking forward to seeing those guys, you know, Robert Conley and Joe Dale and the guys that haven't seen for quite a while. And it's always good to see Jay. And you mentioned Gary will be there now. And so uh, I would say that uh, no effect on the game, but going to be good to see those guys. Have you guys talked about um, ways that you guys are going to honor Ty, Ty Jordan this year? Yeah, we have. And that's uh, there, there are several ways. And you'll see him as the season unfolds. We'll have the uh, recipient, or the not the recipient, but the uh, representative of the Ty Jordan Scholarship will be announced this week. Uh, and so we've got uh, quite a few things. And, and uh, I don't want to let any, you know, the marketing will handle the, the in-game stuff. And, and uh, there, But there will be several ways that we uh, recommend nice tie and and uh, honor him this season you said uh, Bryson Barnes will be QB3. Where, where does Peter Costelli fit into to kind of your, your plans right now? Peter's done a great job uh, since he got on campus last spring. And uh, if we have the opportunity to redshirt him this year, you know, that's something that we're, we'll be looking at because we've got, uh, you know, the quarterback room is pretty solid. Uh, that could change due to circumstances. But, but if everything goes status quo, then uh, it's a possibility that uh, Peter would be a, a redshirt candidate this year. Is there a specific uh, part of the team that you feel better about than you thought you would at the end of fall camp where you might be further ahead going into the season? Uh, no, I don't think there's been any uh, surprises either way. I think things have uh, progressed and, and unfolded about how we had thought and, and the players that I think one thing that's going to be for certain is the transfer portal players are going to be instrumental in, in, in what we do this year. You know, Theo Howard has proven to be a, a very good addition. Obviously, Charlie Brewer, the two backs, uh, you know, so those seven or eight transfer portal guys we think are going to be uh, very impactful for us. Coach, whether it's fair or not, leading into a Utah football season, we always assume the defense is going to be solid, the run game is going to be solid, but that the throw game will be the question. You just mentioned Theo Howard, you know, adding a weapon there. Britton Covey we hope is healthy, but are you comfortable with what you saw in fall camp that you will be able to pass at the clip that you think is necessary to win Pac-12 football games? We feel we're in a good place in that regard, and, and uh, of course the the uh, proof will be, you know, what happens in the game and see where we're at. And, and uh, But we know that we need to throw the ball more efficiently than we have in order to take that next step, and and we've worked hard towards that end, and uh, we'll hopefully start to see some of that manifest on uh, Thursday night. Uh, Devon Bailey was a welcome surprise in spring. Where do you expect his production to be after seeing what he did in fall camp? He's had an excellent fall camp, and uh, he's a big athletic receiver, six foot four, probably six four and a half, uh, about two hundred and five pounds, and runs a four five, and is very acrobatic, you know, body control. And so we expect him to be one of our primary receivers. We've got four or five of those guys that are going to be the primary targets, and, and he's one of them. All right, there is Kyle Whittingham. When we come back, we'll hear from BYU's Kalani Sataki. Stay with us. DJ and PK, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's game week for- 
for the Utes in the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes get set for an in-state showdown against Weber State at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Catch the Ute pregame show Thursday at 4, followed by the postgame show immediately after the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, we're hearing from the coaches here in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, Blake Anderson, Aggie coach, Kyle Winningham, the Ute coach, and now the Cougar coach, Kalani Sataki, who I think has the most interesting game of the week. Obviously, the Utes should blow out Weber State. I mean, that's to the point that Vegas doesn't even want to provide lines when a Pac-12 school plays a big sky school. You know, it's a different level, and you got 22 more scholarships to work with, and so they just you know, they don't even mess with it. And Utah State's a big underdog. You got a new head coach, you're on the road, you're a Mountain West school, coming off a bad year, going to a, a Pac 12 school. Maybe the Aggies pull off something spectacular. I wouldn't think they would. If they do, good for them. Uh, it would be a great win if they did. For BYU, interesting, right? Five games against the Pac 12, they get Arizona. It looks like the easiest of the five games. It's a team they've had success against the Kalani Sataki era, a team that Kalani's beaten. And you would think. And, and this is why BYU is a double-digit favorite, 11 points last I saw. Um, you would think they would handle it. But it's still the most interesting game of the week. So here's Kalani as his Cougars get ready for Arizona in Las Vegas on the neutral field Saturday night. Here is the head coach. Uh, just really excited about this week, game week. Um, looking forward to the matchup with Arizona and Las Vegas. And uh, you know, I, know, I know they'll be ready to play and hoping we can get our guys ready for uh, you know, perform at our best and see what happens at the end of it. But uh, looking forward to the, uh, the season starting. I know we had some football over the weekend and I'm really excited that uh, you know, our, our guys have that opportunity to go out and play um, against a really good opponent like Arizona and really well coached team. I know a lot of coaches on that staff, and so I know they're familiar with BYU, so it won't be a, a huge surprise for them. Uh, we're, we're expecting a, a lot of different things, and, and then again, you know, there's not much to go off of because it's the staff that uh, Jed Fish put together. It's a really good staff that's put together and has tons of experience from a lot of different places, so I uh, really have to be on top of our game to be ready for that matchup, but looking forward to it. All right, we'll take questions. Jared, go ahead. Hey, Kalani, I wanted to ask you about the challenge of preparing this year compared to other years, because a lot of the teams you're facing played very limited games last year. The, as you mentioned before, the you know coaching changes, player personnel was very different. What's that like as you try and prepare for the season? Yeah, I mean, you have to just go back and look at, at all the different places that they've been. Um, you know, I, and, and that's watching a lot of NFL film and a lot, watching a lot of different uh, programs, so um, college football programs. So I, I think that uh, I think there's some similarities, but there's definitely some things that are, that are different. And then you look at the personnel that they have. They're, they have a good number of uh, new players coming in uh, to complement the guys that they have on the talent they have already on the team. So uh, a lot of different things. And then COVID year last year just caused a, um, I mean, you never know how well a team was prepared because the depth was always um, something that with testing and all that. You just never knew um, if they're ever, no one was at full strength, but you, you know that teams are going to be a lot better than what we saw on film last year. All right, Mitch and then Jason. 
Yeah, Kalani, uh, how, how motivated is your team to, to prove that, that last year's success wasn't just a one-hit wonder? They're worried about last year. We're going on this year right now. And you, know, you look at, I think the guys feel really comfortable with the scheme being in, in this. I mean, having the carryover that we had with A-Rod and, and not really having that much shakeup on the staff. I think it's been really key for our players. So um, looking forward to, you know, seeing this, this, the new players get, get their opportunities, specifically the, the quarterback, you know, with Zach being gone, see what Jaron can get done. But uh, I, I really feel good about the rest of the group. I, I don't think there's anything to prove uh, from last year. We've moved on to this year already and guys just focusing on trying to perform at their best against Arizona. That's, that's the focus. And, what are you most excited about for Saturday night and maybe what's still possibly keeping you up at night as the, as the season opener builds up? I'm excited about the game. Get the fans there. That's, that's uh, we just really missed that last year. So having the band be there, at the games and having the fans and having the, uh, the opponents have their fans. It's going to be a lot of fun just to have that that uh, that feeling of, of being in the game and, and just those, the surrounding parts of it. So that that's that's the exciting part for me. Um, what keeps me up, man? That, that's just that's just being a college football coach. You have to be worried about every little thing, but I'm. It's not a bother for me. I, I like that kind of stress. Kalani, I wanted to ask you about the fans. Just. Um... What do you anticipate in terms of that kind of atmosphere? You're in an NFL stadium. It's going to be a predominantly BYU crowd. What do you expect from that atmosphere in the season opener? Well, we got to do our part to, to get that place rocking. So, uh, you know, we, we have to make plays and, and uh, do whatever we can to entertain our fans. And, and But uh, I think, you know, approaching the game with, with a huge sense of uh, appreciation that we get to play and represent. And then, uh, you know, I'll be able to share that field with Arizona. They're, they're a good program with a great coaching staff and, and great talent on their team. So uh, just looking forward to the overall game. And I'm, I'm just really appreciative that we have this opportunity. AJ and then Jared. Kalani, how, how have the players responded since the announcement of the starting quarterback? And, and are you happy with that response? Yeah, they've been great. I mean, I think there's a lot of confidence in all of our quarterbacks. And, and uh, you know, the response has been awesome. Kalani, we talked about, you know, the impact last year had on the field. But I know for a lot of people I, I've talked to at college, the academics last year were an interesting challenge. How have you tried to address that and looked at that to make sure everyone's eligible? There's always rumors flying that, hey, maybe somebody's going to miss a game for academic reasons. How, how do you kind of look at that and, 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 and try and take care of those things? Well, everybody on our depth chart is cleared, ready to play. So that's... Uh, you know, we're dealing with academics or injury. That's part of college football. That's part of, of getting a depth chart ready and getting a program ready. And, you know, we, we've been pretty fortunate with only um, one setback in as far as a season ending injury um, this fall camp. And so uh, we've got guys get banged up because we run a physical program with a lot of 11 on 11 football. And so uh, we're going to have some guys that are banged up, and, but everybody on that depth chart is expected to participate and to contribute to the game. Okay, Mitch and then Jake. 
Well, and I wanted to ask you about uh, Puka Nakua. You noted earlier in fall camp that you're bringing him along slowly. Do you expect him to be ready to go for, for Saturday? Yep. And then also uh, wanted to ask you too, um, you know, when you kind of noted, mentioned this a little bit earlier, but when preparing for an opponent that features a first time head coach who has a lot of ties in the NFL, did, did you, did you and your staff in the offseason dive into a lot of those NFL stops that fish and his staff had to kind of maybe pick up some of those tendencies? Yeah, you, you have to, if you're going to do your, your, your part at the research and um, you have to look into those things. So, I mean, we know a lot of guys on that staff, you know, that, um, you know, there's some guys like Paul Paul has been at Washington. There's guys like Dwayne Walker's, he, he's, he's not new to BYU. That guy was coaching here when I was a freshman. So there's a lot of guys on that staff that have tons of experience and have been a lot of different places. So you can't just overlook some things. I mean, I, I know the receivers coach, uh, uh, Casey is a guy that I, I coached with. He was a GA when I was with, with him at Oregon State. I've known Jimmy Doherty for a long time, too, seen things that he's done. So Brendan Carroll and all those guys have uh, extensive backgrounds and uh, a lot of experiences. So you, you have to do your part, which is preparing. Sometimes it's over-preparing, but that's just the, the job. I'd rather be that way than not know what's going to happen. Thanks. Kalani, the nickname uh, for Don Brown is Dr. Blitz. Are you expecting him to really come after your revamped offensive line? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the game. That's Defenses are allowed to do that, and, you know, we have to be ready to, to give them an answer. So uh, that's the whole strategy of the game is to figure things out and see what they're, what they're willing to risk and what they're willing to give up and then, uh, you know, see what we can do to match up with them. I mean, I, that's – I, I can't predict what they're going to do on, on defense. I know what we can do on offense and defense and then figure out if, if they're ready for, for our stuff. But um, there's a lot of things that that staff can do that can, they can throw at us. And we spent a good portion of um, spring ball and then even going into camp with the mindset that we got to take a look at all these different offenses and defenses because that's something that we're going to see. And it's, it's there's a lot of carryover to some of the things that we're going to see throughout the season. So it's a good way to get our guys prepped. Do you enjoy playing games in NFL stadiums like Allegiant Stadium they'll be playing in on Saturday? Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I, just having the guys um, watch games I mean, on, on Sundays and, and seeing uh, – that type of field and the environment and those type of stadiums. I think it's, it's a, it's a cool feeling for the, for the players more than anything, but I just like, I like playing football, man. And then anytime we can get, get it where it's back to normal with fans there um, and, and people cheering, that's going to be a lot of fun. So I think, I think for us, we want our guys to visualize themselves playing in the NFL and uh, what better way to do it than to actually be in a, in a venue that has NFL games. Hey, Bryce, and then Jared. Kalani, you had mentioned that um, you only had one season ended injury during camp. Is there any other, like, nagging injuries that they may not be ready for on Saturday? The question I barely hear is about nagging injuries. Now, is there anyone that may not be ready for to play on Saturday because maybe just, like, a minor injury? Yeah, like I said before, everybody on the depth chart, I, I expect to play. So if they're not on the depth chart, then they're probably got some nagging injuries. But it's football. The nagging injury is part of the game. I mean, there's a difference between uh, hurt and injured. So, uh, you know, if they're injured, they're not able to perform. 
form uh, hurt. They just got to get over it and, and, and deal with some of the pain. And uh, nobody's going to be at 100% during during football season. That just happens. And when you had, go through a physical camp like we did, uh, we're hoping to get get the, all these guys back to as much as 100% as they can. I think we've done a great job at, at uh, getting them ready and giving them enough uh, enough in- intensity, and then uh, trying to get them real back so we can get be 100% for the game. So. Um, I don't know if you're asking me a specific question, I can tell you, but right now we're expecting all these guys to participate. Hey, Jared and then Jay. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Kalani, one of the things you've talked about ever since you arrived is the desire to have the depth to be able to compete week in, week out. How, what would it mean this year if you're able to have success and, and kind of a, a, to you as far as achieving that goal to, to being able to compete with anybody on depth wise, you know, no matter who you're playing. I mean, I think getting depth is, is part of the job, but I don't know if you want to depend on it. You know, the, we would love to have all of starters stay the entire time, but that, that's, that's the key. But, um, you know, but if, if something happens or if we have more guys that can participate, that'll help us give our better chance of winning. So, um, yeah, I, I'd like to keep our guys healthy, but, but you know, knowing this game, you're going to rely on some depth. And, and if you can get the drop-off to not be uh, a huge uh, drop-off from one to two to even three, then you're, you're pretty much in a good spot. And so hopefully we, we're, we're there. Only one way to test it, and that's get on the field and and uh, to go against an opponent. So that's so far playing each other. We feel good about it, and now we'll test it out. Bonnie, we just got our first look at the depth chart. Um, looks like there are very few ores on there, so it's pretty solid. Um, any guys kind of jump out through fall camp that kind of made their way onto the depth chart that surprised you or any of the coaches? Not a lot of surprises. I mean, these are guys that that we knew would be in the mix. Um, you know, there's, there's a few ores in there, but we feel good about the, the guys that are going to play. And so I, I'm not, I don't know if the ores are, are the, if that's a good thing for you that there's less than before, but um, for, for us, it, it just, we know we have a bunch of guys that can play um, only 11 at a time. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't know if I can really name one or two guys that stand out the most. I just, I just like that the guys have all improved and, 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 um, I think maybe you guys could probably tell me if there's some, a surprising name out there, but uh, I, I give all these guys a chance to make plays and to give them a chance to earn a starting spot. Okay, Mitch, go ahead. Yeah, Kalani, just to kind of build off the, the depth chart conversation, we asked a lot during camp about the safety position, and we see that uh, Malik Moore, Chaz Ayu, uh, sitting atop uh, that first string unit. Uh, what did they do in, in camp that you liked that, that failed that – they warranted to be those starters in those roles. Yeah, I mean, they have great instincts. They practice really well and made a lot of plays. So uh, we feel really good about the, those guys leading the way in the, in the secondary. We feel really good about the corners and feel good about the depth of both both corners and safety spots. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how it goes. But I, for the most part, I have a lot of confidence in those two starters for us at safety. And, and the guys that are, are behind them, I feel confident with them 
be on the field as well. So um, I've said I've said that about that's there's not one position on here where I don't feel confident with the, with the with the players and the, and the talent there. So we just have to put it to the test. And all t- all ten guys on the offensive line that are on the depth chart will they be on the the, the travel roster? I, I assume then for to this week to Arizona. On um, uh, what was the all ten guys on the O line? Yeah, there's there's ten players listed on the O yeah. line. So all ten will they be traveling? Yeah, and then we'll probably take a couple more. So we just you know we we feel good about the. 12 of 12 guys traveling in the line. All right, there's Kalani Sataki. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines next. Stay with us.